This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into DNVR Watches The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5, The Jedi. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. Returning to the show is super producer Guy and making his first appearance, talking Mando with us, is of course Eric parentheses D-line. I guess it's the other way around, D-line parentheses Eric Leadham. You say the whole thing. It's like one of those yeah. rappers that's got a really long, yeah. Well, I, if this was mathematics, you'd be right to start inside of the uh, brackets and then move your way out. So, uh, congratulations. I didn't know you were such a mathematical genius. No. I should have assumed. I appreciate you picking me up like that. It's, it's a math <laughs> thing. Uh, so, of course, we got to get into character power rankings before too long. I'm sure everyone wants to know where we've got the most notable and obvious entry into that situation. Ooh. we got to talk about a lot of stuff going on. Uh, in this episode but first we got to start with the big takeaways and since eric it is your first time on the show just your big top line takeaway about this episode and since it's your first time about this season so far so i've described to you and to anybody else that will listen to me which is not many people that i am a star wars moderate i'm a star wars moderate i'm on this show as representing the great unwashed the standard star wars fan i'm not a super fan I will never ever watch the cartoons. I will enjoy. I, I, I've told you that I deny the existence of the prequels. I love obviously the first three. I, I really have enjoyed the uh, the new uh, versions of the the Disney Star Wars that have come out. Like I, I get all of. I, I see all the complaints that people have, but I fa- I have found them to be uh, very entertaining. So from that point of view, and the first the first season of the Mandalorian, I felt. Like, it started off so strong, and by the end of it, I was kind of like, eh, okay, eh, I don't know. So, yeah, okay. that, yeah. that being said, going into this season, I didn't have the highest of hopes. I sort of, like, I enjoy them every week, but I, I certainly don't, like, I don't usually go gaga gooey for them. But I feel like they're getting a lot better. Like, my, my main complaint with The Mandalorian, just in general, is that it always felt sort of just, like, TV-grade Star Wars to me. Like, um, and TV-grade Star Wars meaning, you know, like... Just like it, it felt like a lot of guys in rubber suits sometimes, and like you know, you couldn't put like the you couldn't put like the requisite uh, production value into something that would spanned out so many parts. But I felt like the last like several like really upped the ante, and it felt it had that like epic Star Wars quality, and it felt like Star Wars to me. So I really have been like I really have appreciated the last several episodes. Um, so the the overall like. The takeaway from this season is I feel like it's getting better in my in my view. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's interesting, too, that you came into this on the left of your thoughts. I assume you had no connection to or knowledge of this character, Ahsoka Tano. Like, there wasn't a, hey, like, there, I was going to say, I think she makes some appearance in the 
in the prequels, but you deny the existence of the prequels and you didn't yeah, yeah, watch yeah. the cartoons, so you're no. not so there was no connection to this character at all. No, not at all. I mean, I this is a character I've seen floating around and I know that uh, I know that the hardcore fans are like really into this character. And so it wasn't a surprise for me to see her make an appearance um, in that sense. But I don't I don't know anything like I don't know the backstory. I don't know anything okay. about what what what, what she's all right. all about, but she was cool. All right. All right, we can get more on that guy. What was your top line takeaway? What did you think of the episode? Um, I was like down on this season until this episode, and I think they kind of, um, I don't know, they redeemed themselves, and now it feels like it's actually going somewhere. Before, it was very much like, uh, you know, he gets to a planet, he needs help. Sure, I'll help you, but you gotta do this for me first. It goes off the rails, he yeah. figures it out, and then he's mm-hmm. off to the next planet, and then it's mm-hmm. rinse and repeat every single episode. And it feels like now there's actually finally like a, um, like a drive, like a goal for this, you know? There was always like this kind of like, ooh, I gotta get the kid to the Jedi, but now they're like actually on that path, it feels like. Um, I like uh, the, I mean, when you say TV grade Star Wars, Eric, mm-hmm. you say that the production value wasn't there for you. I'm the opposite on that. I think that the production value was always there for me. I think it was always beautifully shot, but it was poorly acted in a lot of places, and it was kind of bland writing. I think that they were really resting on the laurels of what Star Wars had did before them, and they're just kind of just, I don't know, going by and, you know, not reinventing the wheel in any way, just collecting paychecks, basically. Um, But this was the first episode where I feel like they actually went out of their way to really, I don't know, they actually had good acting in this one, which, I mean, Timothy Oliphant and I believe, what was it, the first episode, Mm -hmm. um, his character wasn't very well acted, and I know that he's a good actor because I've seen him in Fargo, his acting in Fargo has been fantastic, and I think it's. I thought he was him. awesome, but whatever. You... In the first episode, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was awesome. Like he was. This guy like... sat in the background. He didn't really do anything, man. He was kind of like. He was I can't believe I'm not little, the like, hater on this cowboy. episode. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I know. For, I'm, I'm, I thought I'm for sure shocked. I was going to come guy here comes like, out I'd be up against the wall, but no. Yeah, no, I like this episode. I'm just saying that building up to this episode, things had kind of been disappointing me, and now I feel like we're actually getting redemption. Rosario Dawson, I thought, was fantastic in this episode. And now we actually Jeez. finally start to see like a three-dimensional kind of uh, side of the kid as well, or Grogu as we now know him. And uh, before he was just kind of this bland character that would just sit there and act all goofy and needed to be saved every single episode. And like maybe he ate some, you know, reptile eggs, but he wasn't actually like, he didn't have much of a personality. And now we actually start to see that come through. We kind of start to see that, you know, he's afraid of certain things. Like, is he going to be able to control the force, et cetera, et cetera? Does he have attachments to certain people? Um, How does he react in certain situations? So now he's actually a three-dimensional, like multifaceted character, which... I'm finally appreciating because um, before it was just kind of like, oh, is this just a, you know, a guy that's going to sell little plush toys or is he an actual character in this show? Um, so I feel like this episode is definitely redeeming the series in my eyes, at least. Well, there you have it. Redemption story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, in my, you know, I, I've enjoyed the series the entire time. I've, I've never been really down on it, but I do think the last three episodes have been especially good. Uh, and, I, and I think this has been I think this was one of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. It, you know, I don't know if it can exist like outside of the rest of it. I know that, I, I don't know. You going to be like, just watch this one episode and it, it exists as like a standalone moment, because as Guy was saying, so much of it's about like 
developing the character. We've talked a lot about on character power rankings, why Baby Yoda, now Grogu, would like slip down to third, right? Because it's like, he hasn't done anything in a while. Uh, and he didn't really do much this episode, but we learned a lot more about him. We got a lot more backstory. We learned, you know, for those of us that are hardcore people here that he'd like been around since the Clone Wars. It's like, oh, okay, that's, you know, I, I didn't I didn't have a reference point for how long he'd been around. That's a little bit longer than I maybe would have anticipated. We've got a name now. We've got this idea that he can be trained. And and I, I think for me, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about favorite line or I don't know if it was my favorite line of the episode, but certainly the most interesting was when she said to, to Grogu, uh, or I guess she was saying it to Mando, I sense much fear in him, right? Which for those who don't deny the prequels, Eric, uh, you know, is a callback to something that uh, was said about Anakin, right? And so to say that, I think it's really interesting. It does add this like three-dimensional layer where before saying I sense fear in this little Yoda, he was a cute plush toy who made cute noises and made us go, aw, and hadn't done anything in a season since then. And now this idea that like, okay, he does have jet. We knew he had, right. He has powers of the force, but that maybe it could be a dark thing. Like that was a twist. I wasn't expecting this idea that like, because as we know, fear in a Jedi can lead to very dangerous things as she says. So what do you think of that? D line parentheses, Eric slash you say the whole thing. It's interesting. So the, the, so the one thing I'd have like appreciated about this this season also is that there are like seemingly surface level and almost childlike uh, not tre- like trends I guess that are being explained out further maybe like for example like this is the way right like it just seemed like all right like this is like a dumb catchphrase that we're going to use over and over but i i really appreciated how in the last episode it like became clear that that is actually like the calling card of like a fanatical sect right of the, of the got turned on its head a bit totally it got turned on its yeah so I, I i like i appreciated that that was cool like um so like t- to what you're saying, just adding depth to this world a little bit and like putting maybe a little sinister spin on it uh, makes it a little less childlike and maybe that there's more depth there to explore. And um, um, that's interesting. So, I mean, I, I obviously wasn't thinking about that. A person who doesn't, ex- uh, you know, acknowledge the existence of the prequels that uh, hadn't gone into my head. But um, you saying that, I, look at me, I'm intrigued. Let's see what happens. I can't wait. Right. And uh, so the other thing that I guess, do we even want to tell him? Do we, guy, do we like, I don't, what do we do? Do we tell him who Ahsoka is or do we, I mean, because everybody's well, watching and listening to this. Yeah, now, you should, of right? course, of course. Yeah, tell me, tell, tell us, tell everyone. Ahsoka, I mean, I could tell Ahsoka's a Jedi. Ahsoka's Rosario right. Dawson. Ahsoka, I, I, as I who, learned, by the way, is a phenomenal actor yeah, and one good. of the most beautiful people on the face she's of the planet. Good. But she's, 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 she's good in everything. It's true. Um, um but I put out yeah. I put out a tweet during uh, the DMVR watches. I asking to be clear: are her tentacle things a hat? <laughs> Turns out, not a hat. <laughs> not a hat. And uh, Trey, who I'm borrowing his uh, Disney Plus login from, was very offended, and I think felt <laughs> like maybe I've been abusing his Disney Plus login with a question like that. <laughs> who, who have I let into my house? Um, so for anyone, and, and if you don't hear this, you know, skip ahead just a few minutes, but 
uh, Ahsoka Tano during Clone Wars uh, was the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. And so the other line that was really, really great with extra weight and meaning is when she, you know, talks about we can't just train someone because they've got powers in the force. The best of us can go bad. She's talking about one of the people that trained her who went as bad as they go, right? And so it was just it was such a treat for those who are into the deeper lore. But it look it sounds it's also great, I think, that is perfectly entertaining for someone like you who was like, nah, I didn't get anything out of that, but all this other stuff I was getting plenty out of. Yeah, I would say like the thing that I took most from this episode from a just a pure entertainment standpoint is that um it like really was getting back to its uh, like samurai movie roots like this this movie was or this this episode was like super so duper feudal japanese it was like you had the 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 village that had been overtaken by the warlord and then you had to have the uh the seven samurai break in the ninja warrior break in and uh you know sneak through and, and ultimately slay the warlord was, uh which you know like watching back in the day watching star wars and then watching um the Hidden Fortress. I don't know if you've ever watched that by Akira Kurosawa. Um, you should watch that as a Star Wars lover because, like that. I was going to say, I know Kurosawa films, and I don't know that one. That 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 one specifically is like you'll watch it and you'll you'll see uh, the genesis of Star Wars. Like you'll see C three PO and R two D two in these two like bumbling. Um, That's what it's based on. Yeah. Yeah. Witness. Yeah. I've seen like Seven Samurai. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's cool. It's just always cool for it to like really go back to those roots, and it, it really felt it in this episode, which I, you know, from an artistic standpoint, I really, really appreciated. Yeah, I was gonna mention that as well. When they have, um, they're doing the, the battle on the bridge right there. The way it's shot, yeah, the way it, mm. like the focus is like vignetted on the on the corners there. It was like Kill Bill that style. That wide-angle totally. lens. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, but it was. More, well, sure, but Kill that Bill went, is still <laughs> based on the same. More, oh well, yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it, it, but it's in the same level as Kill Bill in that it's. It's uh, taking reference from and, and putting it on the same level as. Right. It's like saying that Bruno Mars is on the same level as Sting. No, Star, Sting Wars, Star Wars and Kill Bill are on the same level, you dipshit. <laughs> not not Akira Kurosawa and... All right, whatever, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just thought, I just thought it was beautiful shot, man. And I think that it evokes that without being like overtly like, you know... Oh, this is like a samurai, you know, callback. They're not like, you know, throw it in your face, but, you know, fighting on the rooftops, things like yeah. that. Like, you know, slowly like going alley by alley and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just, I thought it was really beautifully done and uh, translated into a, you know, um, what do they call that? A space opera sort of setting. Right. I love, too, that during that, you've also got that, that little Western moment, too, with the standoff yeah. and the showdown between the two of them. So inside all the samurai stuff. You've got Mando having like his own genre flick moment <laughs> like, with a little showdown with this guy. And I love that they could hear the other fight going on. I love that moment where the guy says, so uh, <laughs> what do you think it's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. Western meets Samurai, and I like how they kind of just totally. the two of them like that. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and those two genres are also like inextricably linked. The other thing that yeah. I uh, thought, the other the thing that I like really noticed in this episode is that the writing was much better, and it's because yeah, John Favreau you. did not write this episode. Like, yeah, I've noticed you. that jo- the the episodes that John Favreau writes like all come down like the, it uses the convention I hate 
and they use it over and over in the Mandalorian, which is like, oh no, like we're we're trapped up against a wall, all hope is lost, and then like a shot comes from off screen from somebody you weren't <laughs> expecting to like kill that. Per- that happens every episode. It it actually happened again. Like the Mandalorian himself did it this time when he popped in, but it wasn't like as pronounced. Um, it was also but I just thought it was a lot more. Su- yeah, like I felt like the writing and the storyline was a lot more sophisticated this time around. It's called Deus Ex Machina. Is what you're talking about, and he yeah. overuses the hell out of it. Yes, and I agree. Yeah. That's what I was saying about previous episodes that they were losing me. Was it was just so predictable, where it was every single episode. I was like, all right, here's a little town that you're going to. Here's a big bad beast that they can't seem to slay. We need your help, and it's like, oh no, everything went to shit, and we got to figure out how to like you know kill this beast, and we're backed up against the wall, and then it's like. Here's this, you know, act of God that's going to save us. Like, that kept happening. And this was actually a very, like, I don't know, it was more dynamic. And yeah. things went, like, you know, according to plan, so to speak. But it was still more intriguing in that way rather than, like, the fake suspense that they build by, like, getting backed up against the wall like you're talking about. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've often talked about that helps me get over all of these plot <laughs> issues that Star Wars, by the way, has always had oh, is, as, as I've said, look, one of the, we've got to be honest about what we come to Star Wars for, and a bunch of it is the spectacle. And one of the major things that is in every Star Wars movie, but is yet to be in an episode of The Mandalorian, is a lightsaber fight. We finally got ourselves a Mandalorian lightsaber duel. And so we often talk about play of the game. Here's my question for you. It's a toss-up for me. It's, it's a style question. It's a Rorschach test. Play of the game. Ahsoka Tano taking it down with the double lightsabers and doing her thing. All the acrobatics in the world, Armando, one shot. What's the play of the game? Ooh, that's a good question. Play the game. Play I mean, what's game more badass? Biggest... Like all that, all the back and forth against another opponent. Maybe I mean, you gotta go mad. style. Yeah, you gotta go style. You gotta go style over. I mean, it's absolutely the the lightsaber battle. I mean, it wasn't a lightsaber battle because it wasn't lightsaber v lightsaber. It was right. Lightsaber we still versus, have uh, we still haven't gotten the, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but it was cool. Like, and to be frank, like I, I was really surprised that the lady, the lady that looked a little bit like Sherry O'Terry, was able to Sherry hold her own. Terry. <laughs> yeah, was able to hold her own on that bridge with a, with a spear <laughs> when going up against a double lightsaber. She even knocked one of the lightsabers into the pod. Right. Im- impressive. Impressive, Sherry O'Terry. Wow. <laughs> Not a name I was expecting to hear on the podcast. <laughs> um, Guy, do you have a pick for play of the game? Uh I'm going to go with the shot just because I think that that fight could have been a little bit more, uh, I don't know, better choreographed, really. It kind of was just like, like, didn't really ever seem like that there was much of a threat there from mm-hmm. Sherry O'Terry, as uh, Eric so eloquently put it. Uh, I mean, Ahsoka won the battle, but it didn't really, I don't know. There weren't any, like, real, like, intense moments on it. The way that, um. you know, when you watch a lot of movies of the Star Wars movies, those battles are so well choreographed. I think that they've set a very high standard. Yeah. Um, especially, like, just within the Star Wars universe that I just feel like that was... It was cool to see a uh, lightsaber and everything, but at the same time, uh, I've I've come to expect a little bit more. I mean, I'm holding no. them to a higher standard 
This is like the you know, guy the not impressed. That's the that's the real takeaway here. Guy, you gotta you gotta earn it with guy, man. You gotta earn it. Bills all the time. You gotta do it by more than a touchdown, man. I want to see a smackdown. <laughs> you, you see our question here from Jack. What's that? Oh, okay. Do we think that since Baby Yoda came from the temple, that him and Cal from Fallen Order know each other? Oh, yeah, they to... say that there's a lot like he went through like you know there's a lot of like darkness in his memory so i would say that they probably do know each other in some way but he doesn't remember it uh just because i mean we're unclear on why this happened um but they like hid him away right and then like his memory goes black and then uh you know he's still trying to figure out like you know what like where he is who he is etc and if he can access the force and if he can do it in a um you know in a a good way. Right. It's such a beautiful writing trick. And I know a lot of times, like, people, like, if they spot stuff like this, they'll, like, roll their eyes at it or they'll be cynical about it. And I'm like, it's beautiful. It gives you, right, it gives you the freedom to fill in the blanks of his dark memory with whatever you decide it is that he has remembered, whichever characters it turns out he's interacted with. And it's like retcon it so easily. They don't it, know where they're actually going with this yet. They're just giving themselves the, the It gives you the freedom to add. Like, I, and I don't, it, it totally, like, it told, it, there can be a lot of different ways. And I'll tell you this, as somebody who's tried to write things of that, level my brother's written several novels of this nature and most of the time people don't know where they're going <laughs> with stuff until they, they get there and you have to leave yourself freedom to fill the details in and so when you do it in a way like this like but that's totally what that is but i love it because it also it's like to eric's thing earlier it intrigues me it makes me go oh man what about his past are we going to uncover and there's a treasure trove So, all right, we did play the game. <laughs> let's just find out. All right, let's get into, let's go ahead and just do the character rankings now. We can uh, find out some of these other things later. But this is the big set. This is the main event. This is what people came for. And I think there's only going to be, obviously, one major addition here. But this is this is going to get interesting knockdown drag out. Now, we put Grief Cargo on the list at number five last week. Basically, we even said at the times, like Carl Weathers, we both thought he did an excellent job of uh, directing the episode. Kale and I did, and we're big weather marks. So we put him on there, also knowing that he was probably never going to have an opportunity yeah, for the rest yeah. of the season to get back on the power run. Yeah, nice to see you. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, he was a placeholder, like a like a wooden hand. Like, <laughs> but an alligator might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no chance he, stay, he stays on that top five. I love it. When you know when you go to Carl Weathers like main like profile page, or whatever he says he's an actor and former NFL player, as opposed to the other way around. And I just <laughs> I think that's actually fantastic that he's been so successful in his acting career that a lot of people probably have no idea. I didn't know. No, I didn't know. No. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> Solid NFL career for Carl Weathers. Um, all right. So he's I think he's probably off for sure. We had Cara Dune in there at number four. We had Baby Yoda. Oh, that, the real question three. here. The real question here is what happens. What happens with that entry? Now? Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. Ooh, I cannot wait. <laughs> we had Bo Katan at number two, which I think if either of you have been on there, that might not have happened. But Kale and I are huge marks for both 
Tana and for Stuck. So that worked out really well in our favor. Uh, and then Mando sticking there at number one. And we'll see how all of this goes. Where do we want to start here? What do you, I mean? Ooh. Ooh. A lot I of mean, let, let's talk. Let, let's let's uh, let's look it right in the face, guys. What happens with Baby Yoda now that we know his name is Grogu? Does yeah. that does that? I mean, how does that impact? Is that does that change the coach's vote? Um, we're, we're, we're USA Today. Where where are we going with that? I think he stays at number three personally. Oh, Sorry, I know who my one and two are. I gotta say, I think Grogu goes up a level for me. I think Grogu number two. I love Grogu. He's adorable, and he makes all kinds of baby noises. And he loves uh, he loves he loves grabbing a a, a little circle thing. And he tries to fix the ship and comically can't do it. What could be more adorable? Those baby noises, though, that does it for me. <laughs> So as a design guy, to, oh, to no. Guy's point about this, you know, it, he is a, ultimately a plush toy to sell. What's sure. better to sell, Baby Yoda or Grogu? Are we are we up? Because I, I love the name Ooh, Grogu, but Baby Yoda, <laughs> Baby Yoda man, how are we going to sell? Are people people aren't going to stop calling him Baby Yoda? I don't no, think no. Have. I mean, well, he was supposed to be the child, right? Like up to this yeah. point, right? Kid. The kid, right? Because it's it's uh it's Western style, so he's the kid. When you see boxes on the shelf with Baby Yoda in there, it's going to say Baby Yoda, parentheses, Grogu. Mm. Grogu. That's um, Grogu. Grogu. I gotta be honest, I wasn't ready for Grogu. Grogu was like, it was like more like goobledy gobbledy than I was expecting. I, I thought his name would be like, uh, like kind of cute, but it, is Grogu cute? Did he give name? himself this name? Did someone? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do we know? <laughs> those are the only sounds. He can do we know, like, what, do we know what, what race uh, Grogu and Yoda are? Do we, do we have any sort of uh, intel on this? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Okay. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, and and they, there for there to be any more, you got to go back like the ancient, ancient stuff that like video games and novels and like the really, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not even talking about the cartoons anymore, man. We're talking about like yeah. Um, so no, and and for a long time, Yoda was the only of his kind in canon, and he was just a Yoda. And so I think that's part of what they're playing on here is like even hardcore fans, this part of the lore hasn't been really looked into that deeply so we don't know how more yodas are made uh where they come from what they do or if one could even potentially be evil and i do think that in an, in knights of the old republic there is a being of that race who is an evil wielder of the don't force. you feel like just in this conversation we've just had that grogu has shot up even rivaling potentially the top spot Grogu. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> on Grogu. I just love old Grogu. He's the best. I I like Grogu better than I like that Bo-Katan. I got to be honest. I like Bo-Katan's uh, hair kind of bothered me. If I'm being honest, there's something about the the cut and the sh- the coloring. Again, with the the metal headband, um, oh, the hair the hair could the tentacles could be a hat. The hair could be a hat. I don't know. <laughs> hair could be a hat. All right. Well, let's let's table the Grogu conversation for now. And guy, let, why don't you make the case for, for who I think you believe should be the highest riser on the power rankings? 
It should be Ahsoka Tano because she was A, the best acted, B, she pulls from so much lore from the rest of the series, and C, she actually is like driving this series somewhere. Like, if it weren't for her, I would almost be out of interest in this at this point. Whoa. If we got another episode, like the previous, what, four at this point, I. I'm sure John Favreau is tuning in, and I hope he's taking um, notes. Listen, do you want to lose John? Buddy. All right, would you make the case that she deserves the top spot? Or are you just going to put her top spot over Mando? Whoa. See, I think there's an argument to be made there as well. She was. This was so completely her episode. And while. You know, Mando wins the day at the end of every episode. It'll been a while since he's really shown any character growth or done much right. of anything or, or, or shown agency. He's, he's kind of like totally very, like, deadpan. Like he does a lot of cool things, but he's like, I don't know, his intrigue has run out at this point. So, so hold on. So what I see, I, what I'm interpreting from this conversation is you guys are bringing a lot of prior knowledge into this vote. You guys had feelings about Ashoku going into this that you have grafted correct, onto this yeah. episode. Me as a person who just spent the entire time wondering if her tentacles were a hat felt <laughs> that she was like pretty cool. Uh, she's like, I understand there's probably a lot more there, but like she hasn't earned it yet. Like not in the context of the show. She just showed up and was like, what's up? I can't train your, your kid. And then, and then left. Yeah, I know this, this uh. whole, like this series, this universe that's only been around for going on what? 45 years at this point. Yeah. You really We're talking about this show. This, should we? I know, I'm telling you, universe. I'm telling you as somebody who doesn't know anything about her, like seeing her, like I was like, okay, cool. She's a Jedi. Like, I know that you guys have like much reverence for her apparently because uh, I think she was like a big deal in the cartoons and yes. she, she probably, yeah. So, huh? so huh? she herself was like, not like, I, I, I think she probably has reached great heights in uh, other avenues. And it's not that she wasn't good in this. It's just she's, there's no chance she's the best character in all of the yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah, you understand based that the on... Mandalorian, his, like, he's built upon the shoulders of Boba Fett. And everyone yeah, but we've seen Boba him Fett. now for 14 episodes. I get it. Like, he's, like, his whole, like, his everything is built upon the intrigue of Boba Fett and how everyone liked, you know, the cool bad guy in, yes. Everyone. No. Well, okay. He's not so let me ask you this, Eric. Yeah. No, and, and I think we'll whittle this down, actually. But you're an NBA guy. You know, you know, in power rankings that yeah. if you have a hot week, uh, love it, Johnny. If you have a hot week, you can be number one in the power rankings sure, without sure. anybody thinking you're the best team in the NBA. Well, right. So saying that that Ahsoka Tano is number one in the power rankings isn't necessarily saying that she's. It's just that she had such a hot week, she rose to the top of the power ranking. She could drop back down if she's not even on next week's episode. Ooh. This is Michael Jordan okay. coming out of retirement and dropping 60 right now. That's Yo, she didn't drop 60, though. That's what I'm telling you. She did not yeah. drop 60. She dropped like 35. She dropped 35. All right, fine. So she's on the, she, she made the top five. We're talking about, we're talking about two seasons now. There's literally hundreds of characters. I mean, she can't be the uh, best character coming in hot, fresh right. off the street. Let's whittle it down at the back end of the list because 
let, let me ask you this, Eric. Do the either or is Ahsoka Tano over Bo Katan? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, okay. So I think Bo Katan's in fifth, unless we both, want both anyone sound. else over her. We moved. I know like Ahsoka Tano, Bo Katan. Do you feel like a Star Wars person yet? We got to do that game with you. Yeah, Ahsoka Tano, Bo Katan. You're not a Star Wars person until you hate yourself. Oh, yeah. and I'm a Star Wars person. I've been a Star Wars and person. Star Wars. Since, I was, yeah, since yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love Star Wars, man. Like, I, I watched a lot of goddamn Star Wars. Like, uh, I knew all about it when I was a kid and when I through my teens. Uh, as soon as the prequels came out, I was working at movie theaters. I spent um, a long time, like, being very excited for The Phantom Menace to come out. And when The Phantom Menace came out, I was like, I have been lied to. My life is a lie. What have I done? I can't. I've learned. I, I've learned to You're love only to have it turned on me. Yeah, right. And then like they just got worse and worse. And um, I will say there are redeeming qualities about episode three, though. Oh no, there. I was going to say isn't the oh, best, but I think it still. I think it still three. contributes. Episode oh, it three sucks I, though. It's as a movie, it sucks. Episode like, three is good. It's not good. Episode it's like good. it's of those of those. It's the one where you're like, okay, there's some like interesting stuff. Despite your face right now. No, no, like you just. <laughs> it really is not a good movie. But like the first, like the 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 original three are like good movies, and like the the, the last three that we've gotten for the most part have been like <laughs> good <laughs> movies. Particularly good. episode. I mean, six. all right, we're not going to relitigate the whole series right now let's finish up these power rings <laughs> we'll we'll get back into it i think hopefully if enough people watch and by the way make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr watches feed so that you're getting this podcast regularly we appreciate it enough people do that maybe we'll find a reason to do watches of all the movies and we can go in oh, depth yeah. onto why eric is wrong and guy is wrong and i'm the only one with the correct star wars opinions but what about uh lesbian duck here grogu over everyone finally a reasonable grogu take over everyone <laughs> Are we comfortable with Bo-Katan at number five? Yeah. For anybody five. else, maybe yeah, okay, good. the the magistrate from this episode. There's no other new characters, right? Morgan Elsbeth uh-huh. didn't, as a villain, she doesn't make the list. We haven't seen Moff Gideon in a while, so he's off the list. Seeing hell, Moff Gideon. Um, I think we're good Moff with Bo- Bo-Katan in at number five. But this is where it gets, it already immediately gets tough. Things are getting I guess I guess Cara Dune. That's who I was missing. So is Botan or or Cara Dune? Who's in at number five there? Uh, remind me again, which one is Cara Dune? That, that's the big gal who's a badass in battle, but can't say a line of dialogue without making you giggle because she's a bad actor. But she's great <laughs> in fights. Boy, is she funny. She was in last season. She came back with Carl Weathers last episode. And they're uh, like, hey, we're here from last season to kick her some name? ass. And Gina? Her in real something life? Something like real- that. Yeah. I have no uh, idea. I like her. She's cool. She's so poorly acted. Yeah. I mean, everybody she can't poorly acted. read lines of dialogue very well, but. I think Pedro Pascal and Rosario Dawson, obviously. It's, it's so weird to bring an actor of that caliber onto this project and like raise the quality of everyone's performance that much. I'm sure she was just getting the most out of everybody on set. But yeah, okay, so we can slide then Cara Dune in at number five, Bo-Katan at number four, and then the bloodbath starts. Because then <laughs> oh, Eric's going to want Zocatano at three, no higher than, and want to oh. move Baby Yoda up to one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, wish you wouldn't put words my, I wish you wouldn't, I wish you wouldn't <laughs> right? put words in my mouth, but those right? are my exact words. It's exactly what I'd say. 
But Grogu I'm never so won. I'm so insane on this. I, so you're what's the, weird? You're the uh, tiebreaker then. But here's the problem: is I'm so in between. What I what I sort of feel though, what I where I agree with both of you, and this is where we're going to get in some interesting trouble. I don't think Mando deserves the top spot anymore, just because it's his show and he's typically awesome. I think just does go above him. But I would, I mean, it was Ahsoka's episode. It really was. She was so good. And I'm, but I'm also a huge mark for Rosario Dawson, so I just don't know if like yeah, that's all. Yeah, and the character, yeah. like Eric's yeah, saying, yeah, like yeah. I'm bringing in all this. It was like I'm bringing in the cartoon yeah. show. I'm bringing, bringing in that she's, in. yeah. All of that wasn't in this episode. She was good. She wasn't white lightsabers. She wasn't the best character to grace these Mandalorian screens, though. This season, God. she's the most mm. interesting character we've seen on the screen in the second season of the Mandalorian. I would say that has to go to Grogu, <laughs> number one. <laughs> but I would go I would go Grogu, number one. I'll give you Ashoka, number two, and then Mandalorian, number three. I'll do it. I don't care. When you're the tiebreaker, Drew, you already know my order. Wow. Ahsoka, Mando, Grogu. <laughs> Whoa, Grogu, number three. He's got Ooh. Grogu, three. Dude, he is just getting the name Grogu. Grogu would be off the list if it wasn't for us finding out some backstory about him in this episode. You get see the thing is like if you stepped away and you just like talked to like uh, just some person in the mall and you're like, what do you think uh, the Mandalorian? Who's your favorite in the Mandalorian? You you know what they would say? They'd say Grogu. They'd say Grogu. What they would actually (laughs) say would be Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) And then. The Mandalorian is also like, as you've pointed out, I mean, he's very, very flat, but he's supposed to be flat. He's just like, a, you know, he's like emotionless and he just sort of uh, takes what comes and he's a hero, but also a villain. He sort of just like plays both sides of the, of the line. We don't really know what to make of him, but he, he, he is he is a little flat, like, but that Grogu, man. My heart. Eric, 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 how many times have you had to explain the nuances of Jokic's game to the casual NBA? Oh, this is not. No, no, no. This is such a good analogy. No, this is a poor, poor analogy because. uh, Dwight Howard really worked Jokic down the paint in that series, man. You're like, oh, who is Dwight Howard in this in this in this great analogy? Who's Dwight Howard? Grogu. Grogu is Dwight yeah. Howard. Yeah, he's just he's just bodying people down there with the cheap shots. Yeah, and he's not actually contributing anything. This is insulting on like six levels. This is terrible. Sando <laughs> is, is the Jokic. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Lesbian duck. Mando is the Jokic of the Mandalorian. You know he's the main guy, but you don't watch the show because of Well, see, that's wrong. I do watch because of Jokic. He's the greatest, man. Look at this. I'm literally wearing a Jokic shirt while talking about the Mandalorian. I've got them both on mine. And I might have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Grogu is MPJ. Like, he's got so much potential. We've seen little flashes. This fan base is obsessed with him. And he's just not getting enough, like... John Favreau isn't getting giving him enough playing time, but I think all that all that's going to change, baby. John Favreau is just too perfect. That's almost that's almost ridiculous. Drew, you are the judge now. Given our case, I've made I've made my I've made my my case. Guys made his case because we have to hand something to the graphics department. I actually was thinking this before Johnny put it out there. I think this is the right. 
compromise between the two beliefs. And I also think it's going to get some talking points going. I think there's a conversation coming out. I think the history has to count. And Ahsoka Tano has to take the number one spot. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> that said, I think Grogu's got to be number two. I think Mando after never having been outside of the top spot, I think Mando has to fall. And not through any fault of his own. He was fine this episode. You know, with yeah. the one shot. It's cool. And a little showdown or whatever. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, I am. I come to science fiction and fantasy because I want to wonder. I want to go, oh. I wonder what that means. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what John Favreau will decide. I, I wonder, wonder what, what John Favreau will decide. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be George Lucas, and now it's John Favreau. And I just wonder what they're going to do. And then they tell me, and then I go, oh, that was interesting. You're like, wow, that was really disappointing. I wish they had thought it through a little bit better. That would have been a lot uh, cooler. They're, yeah, all right, fine. Listen, <laughs> yeah, you're, be, you're being accused, accused of simping. You're simping over... Uh, <laughs> it is, look, look, man, it is, I can't remove... And and here's the other thing. This is mostly a show for Star Wars fans, both this yeah. podcast and The Mandalorian. And I do think that this episode was for those people. Like, Star Wars is about its connected universe. The best thing about Star Wars is not its writing. It's not its acting. It's not its... It's the very first idea. It's that George Lucas created a place where there are lightsaber blasters and Jedi and an empire and droids and all of these things. And this was an episode that celebrated that as much as any. And Ahsoka Tano, saw it. she sits at the center of that. It was such a loving adaptation of a character that could have so easily been ruined and so easily have made somebody like Guy, if they get Ahsoka Tano wrong, Guy is never watching this show ever again. Might, if they get her he might already yoke, be out. Look at him. He might already <laughs> be out. Look at him. But she was fantastic. I, He's got to be. I will say that, like, uh, to build on what Drew's saying here, uh, Eric, again, this is probably going to leave you in the dust because you don't acknowledge the prequels. But Darth exist. Maul was actually Darth Maul was actually a compelling character, and they fleshed him out in a lot of the other aspects of the Star Wars universe. So when they included him in Episode Eight, and then didn't build upon that in Episode Nine, that was like one of the ultimate letdowns in like Star Wars history. So I'm excited to see where they go from this, and I hope they learn their lesson from that because. That aspect of it was so intriguing. Like, he goes through this whole process where, spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen the cartoons or anything, but he loses his legs. So you see him on, like, this, like, hologram sort of thing, but just, like, the top half of him. So you want to know. You want to be like, oh, my God, did he get his legs back? Like, what's going on? And you want to know more about him. And you see that he's part of, you know, the Rebel Alliance and everything. Or not the Rebel Alliance, sorry. Um, the Empire? Yeah, but, no, it was, they renamed it after oh, the Empire. Oh, the, the Fallen Order, yeah. They never brought him back in episode nine, and it was like one of the most disappointing things ever. So right. to see Ahsoka Tano come into this, I mean, they're leaving her behind, to, you know, to go find you know this stone that's at the top of a mountain and everything like that. But I don't think she's done, especially if they're willing to pay someone like Rosario Dawson to be on this show. I think that they right. have a larger role for her, and she's not gone yet. Totally. Yeah, that would be yeah. Like if you guys get award the number one spot to uh, uh, a literal spot starter that comes in and never appears in these in these uh, episodes again. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, this was Lynn you want this like? Was. Yeah, this is Lynn Sanity. <laughs> took the words right 
right out of my mouth. This was Linsanity, Eric. This is what this was. This is a bunch of and like non-basketball fans coming and going, that Jeremy Lin's the basketball player in the world. And basketball fans being like, no, he's not. But right now we don't care. Right now, Ahsoka Tano is Jeremy Lin. You didn't forget Linsanity. You still remember it. I know, totally. but like, but but Jeremy Lin oh, here it wasn't even able to train Goku or Grogu, and we didn't we didn't you love seeing the uh, fatherly side of the Mandalorian come out? Like, yeah, where he, I mean, was That's didn't that deepen your feelings towards the Mando a little bit? Where yes. you saw that he That's was caring. That final shot was really nice. Where he's like holding him, and that's cute. He was holding him, and then you felt like that bond. And then, and then what happened? They just closed the door, and Ashoku was just left on this burned-up planet, and they just took off. <laughs> She's lived a rough life, man. She's on the so front bad. lines, bro. Time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, you guys, like, look. I'm just gonna start calling you Iraq or something. Just a little respect, just a little respect on the name. <laughs> and on that yeah, note, all right, fine. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Final thoughts. Throw them my way. What do we got? Uh, final thought is that, I, like I said, I, I do believe that the we're starting to pick up a little steam here. Like I think we're we're heading towards ultimately a pretty interesting ending to what has been sort of a me- meandering plot. Uh, moving, you know, like as Guy said, I mean, he's just like stopping in place to place and like. You know, it's like uh, Kung Fu. You just go, go from, from town to town and solve mysteries and invent, that you can wrap up simply in, um, <laughs> I'm an old it's simply in, in half an hour and then you uh, then you just move on and uh, you find another adventure. Um, but I, it feels like we're getting something substantive that is uh, ultimately building on the promise that was made by introducing Groku in the first place. So I'm excited. It seems like uh, we're going to get something, <laughs> something worth, worth talking about. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> uh, I love you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I li- the, the greatest thing is like people like, like you said, literally only people that will listen to this are like hardcore Star Wars fans. They're just gonna be like, "What the fuck? Like, why are we? Why are we listening to this? This, this goddamn Star right Wars layman, Logan. I love Broncos, the Nuggets, and Star Wars. Well, cool. We this love is, you. We love you too, Logan. Yeah. Only on this podcast will we compare the Mandalorian to Nikola Jokic. That's all we can promise. <laughs> Incorrectly, by the way. Incorrectly. <laughs> MBJ as Grogu is is pretty spot on though. I feel like we're Dead good on. on. Dead on. Well, next week we will tell you we will go through every character on the Mandalorian and tell you which Denver athlete they are. That actually would be fun. Maybe that's something we do at the end of the season. But we're gonna keep doing Grogu this. Grogu is anti-vax. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, getting intense up in here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we're doing these live watches on Fridays at 8 p.m. We're doing the live show right after that. And, of course, you can get the podcast if you're subscribed to the DNVR Watches feed. Highly recommend you do that so you don't miss out on any of these. You can go back. We've covered this whole second season of The Mandalorian so far. Ten dots of it. And who knows? Maybe there will even be opportunities to talk about some other Star Wars stuff after that. Make sure to check out our character power rankings and yell at us on social media. Not I'm me. I didn't Christian. agree with these. I didn't He's agree at with these. Co. Yell at him specifically. Send all <laughs> <laughs> angry emails about the 
low ranking. Hey, you got Grogu to number two. I got to remember two. I feel good about that. I actually feel good about that. Over Mando. So that's pretty good. There you go. Yeah. How, how is his name pronounced? Dave, it's Filoni, Dave Filoni. I know his face. He's really good. He's one of those guys who's like super in love with Star Wars and now he gets to make it. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 This, uh, was, this, this, I would say this episode was absolutely like crafted with love. And they all, you can really tell that they all are because, um, I mean, there's just so much baked in there for just the, the the star wars fanatic i mean it's like you're talking like all of these little references and like little plot points that come together um my favorite part of all of it though is like i love the um the concept art that they use at the end of each show and yeah. they like animate it there's like a, that's incredible yeah. the amount of i mean it, it's like absolutely uh th- this is the way this is the star wars way i mean you see all of those old concept all that old concept art uh, from the 70s that sort of cu- uh, cultivated the entire universe. It's just cool to see it like carried on. I, I do appreciate yeah. it very much. Everyone in the comments is telling you to watch Clone Wars. So that's everyone's homework for this next week. Go and watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. If you're if you've ever been on the fence about it and you liked this is so character, go check out the Clone Wars. If not, just join us next week. For more Mandalorian watches here at DNVR, we really do enjoy it. For Guy and Eric, I've been Drew Creaseman. We've had a whole lot of fun. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you next time.